when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is September 11th, 2017, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio coming to you live from Lobby One, Monday morning. Hype, I got my hype woman, Danielle Riendo, here. Whoa, yeah, that's right, I'm a little that's right, loud. That's right. Joel, a loud. Joel's blowing me out, <laughs> trying to make me sound like a like a morning. I'm like on the breakfast club now. Shit. He's your real hype man. He apparently. Right He's turning you away. Uh, it is, it is again, uh, uh, September 11th, 2017. Joining me in the studio, Danielle Riendo. Hi, how you doing? On the microphones in Chicago, Patrick Klepik. Uh. <laughs> that is what Twitter <laughs> is and sounds like right now. Also from Boston, Rob Zachney. How about them bears, Patrick? Tell us, Ken. Double O's. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the discourse zone. Oh. We're just going to jump right into it today. <laughs> how's everybody's How's everybody's Twitter experience oh, over the weekend? Yeah. Has good it been good? Sh- good shit. It's Austin. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was uh, Danica tweeted. We're live with Waypoint Radio. Let's talk about PewDiePie using the N word. And there are three responses right now. It's two people saying, and then Steve Gaynor uh, uh, from from Fulbright Studios saying, "I liked the first half of this tweet." <laughs> and he was keeping it posy. He was keeping it posy. You know, it's Monday. We're, we're all trying here. Shout out to Steve Gaynor. Uh, we are. We should talk about. Uh, I think this is like the conversation that's in the space of gaming right now. Uh, over the weekend, while playing uh, everyone's favorite game of the year, uh, P- Plunk Bat, PUBG, Plunk, Plunk PUBG, yeah, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, uh, YouTuber, most successful, most most uh, popular YouTube content creator on the 57 planet, fifty-seven million subscribers, fifty-seven million subscribers, PewDiePie, uh, aka or or real name uh, Felix. I don't Kelberg, know. I think. Kelberg. Something Some, like that. I Kelberg. Believe, I believe Kelberg, that's right. but there's a J at the beginning of it, and I don't know I if I should pronounce J. that. Uh, probably a silent J. Maybe. Uh, shot it, was shooting at a dude on a bridge, uh, and then he said, I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing of it. I want to get it exactly right. I have a tweet where I quote it, so that's going to make it easy. Um, what he says is, What a fucking nigger, as the guy like hides behind a Jeep. And then he says, like, He's like, ah, like he like makes a noise as if to say, mm, I said that out loud in front of millions of people. Uh, you know, I have a huge audience. People are going to hear me. But what he says is like, ah, ah, what a fucking asshole. He corrects well, himself. Yeah, right, right before that, he says, uh, I'm sorry, but what the fuck? But and what then the there's, fuck? And yes. then there's a pause. And then as if to replace the word mm-hmm. that he just used, he yeah. inserts the phrase, what a fucking asshole, um, as though that is the uh, public socially acceptable equivalent of what he yep. is also trying right. to say. Yep. Uh, it is. It is for me one of these things where there's so many conversations to have around this moment because it dials into a bunch of things. Because uh, I, I guess we should like. There is one more event I'd say in this 
um, ongoing saga, which is soon after that, there's lots of coverage about it over on, so- on social media channels uh, and, and here or there on, on news outlets. And then uh, Sean Vanneman at Campo Santo mm-hmm. made a tweet, a series of tweets uh, saying that, that uh, Campo Santo would be using a DMCA to take down videos that PewDiePie put up using Firewatch or th- that had Firewatch. And upcoming and, games. And upcoming games from Campo Santo. Yep. And he had put uh, a video, uh, a PewDiePie's video had, I believe, before the takedown took effect, which it did, um, yeah. uh, uh, 5.7 m- million views. Right. Uh, also, briefly, disclosure, which is that, like, uh, Danielle and Rob both are on uh, Idle Thumbs shows. Uh, yeah. have previously been on, you've been on Idle Thumbs with Sean. Yes. Uh, you currently host Idle Weekend, which is connected through it's a in weird, the Idle it's Thumbs, in the Idle Thumbs network. network that, yeah. that Vanderman's friends at Campo Santo, co-workers at Campo Santo run. So Friend of a, the show, friend also of the show, professional awesome. right. relations. So complete yeah. full disclosure on yeah. that part of the story. Um, but so I think that there's the DMCA angle. I think there is the toxicity in games culture and in streaming culture and in YouTube culture angle. Uh, there is the larger conversation that we're having right now around what people are uh, kind of uh, love to call political correctness. And I think shouting nigger, if you defend that, if you defend getting upset at, at, at someone shouting nigger in, a, in, a, in a, a, a trade-in for asshole, maybe the, the, you've reached the ends of the limit <laughs> of the political correctness argument. And also um, a white guy and also a white that, guy which should, yeah, should yeah, yeah. probably be a... Part of a that, pretty I imagine, key part. But yeah. um, uh, and then there's there's also just like the general there's the toxicity inside of PlayerUnknown's battlegrounds because one of the common defenses here is if you turn on the voice channel you hear it all the time from everybody, <laughs> which mm. is a hell of a thing. Um, Patrick, you're, you're in the middle of writing about this. I am curious what your what your initial take is here. Well, it's not hard to have. I mean, I was in the middle of uh, seething after watching, as Rob alluded to, the Chicago Bears lose yet another <laughs> shitty football game. Sure. Um, and and saw this, and I guess in some ways was not surprised. Uh, I think sort of like the normalization of that word is something we're all pretty familiar with. Mm-hmm. I think what we usually expect, though, is public figures to... Uh, take, you know, into account that you are not those people, like you are setting, even if you don't want to be sort of a uh, sort of standard bearer for like young people uh, around the world, like right. that's just not a thing you do. And like, that's like, that that is something that is above you. And the, the you know, I think the response that you and I both had talking about it on, on Twitter was that um, when someone so casually says that in um, a quote heated moment, um, yeah. as as some quote shitlords on the internet have described it, um, <laughs> that is a it, quote. That is a quote. Shitlords uh, is a, actually a quote about. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't, um, if that's a word that so casually comes out of your mouth, it says something about you. I mean, I think right. I, I would draw a distinction uh, between saying something racist and being a racist. I think there that lets a, that stuff kind of does exist on a, a spectrum. Um, I don't know uh, PewDiePie. I don't know his internal beliefs. Um, but what I do know sure. is what he says. And I do know that when that casually comes out as a word that just you might say when you're angry, right. speak something to the normalization of a word for you and speaks right. to... And, uh, the ways in which it does not carry the same meaning for you that it does for the people that uh, yes. are caught up in its history and are, are caught up in the trauma that that it emerges from, um, and that for you that that is not a priority. That uh, I don't know. I get angry all the time when I'm playing games, 
there are things I don't say. And there are things I used to say, also. There are things that I used to say. Like, I fucked up for a long time. I was a teenager in America. I said a bunch of shit that I, <laughs> that I learned not to say. For too, I, for too long, I, you know, used, you know, the, the F word, the, you know, the homosexual sure. slur. That was growing up. Um, completely normal. It was alongside the word stupid and dumb and asshole. Right. And the F word was just, uh, I thought nothing of it until college, until moving to San Francisco. Like uh, along that path, I became more aware of, I'd say in college, it became, uh, you didn't say that in public, but around like your close friends who like, they know that you don't hate you gay don't people. Actually, right. You don't mean this in a bad way. You're just saying it because like, we're bros. Uh, like that was a word that I still used and like moving to San Francisco changed my worldview in all sorts of ways. Reading things changed my worldview in all sorts of ways. But like I think we all have words that we look back on in a context that we're probably or at least hopefully uh, are deeply shameful of of how we use them and, and how, you know, as like in, in my personal context, like would hear later from friends that then turned out to be gay. We're like. Yeah. Yo, like that hurt me every time you said that, but I didn't say anything for X, Y, Z good reasons because they didn't want to be the awkward one out. Um, and I look back on that with deep shame, but also it was a form of ignorance, but like self-reflection, learning, like realizing that was bad, like that's all part of the process, not to mention the performative aspect of being someone with 57 million followers that also, <laughs> also the N-word is not excusable right. in 2017, that, sorry. That, it's that platform that gets under my skin, yeah. you know? Um, Absolutely. Danielle, I was uh, thinking myself, I certainly used a lot of horrible language, and I even used a lot of horrible language against, like, people like myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I would, I can say dyke because right, I'm a right. queer woman, sure. but, like, I would say that word in a derogatory way before I even knew I was queer. Right. And, like, now I look back and I'm like, well, fuck. well <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I done okay, goofed it. you know? Yeah. It's so, <laughs> I done goofed it, exactly. There's a, there is... There's the episode title. I done, I done goofed, goofed it. it. <laughs> I, we didn't. It wasn't us this time. Yeah, well, right. No, well, there's actually a huge distinction, though, because because as people in the chat are already pointing out, like, there is a, a, an, a, here's a just a gorge between 17-year-old <laughs> who comes up in a culture that is homophobic, that is racist, that is misogynistic, using slurs that are, that, uh, are all over culture already, that are not taught to be uh, a thing that you should silence yourself about or that you should find other words for. Like, w there is a real problem coming up with, like, what are some synonyms for bad that aren't just <laughs> degrading other people? Right. Um, it isn't the thing that we get taught. We don't get taught how to how to convert our gut emotional reaction into something that is like critical and specific. Um, but then there's a there's a huge gap between that person and PewDiePie, who has been down this fucking road before. Many as like. Well. I've spent the last five years going so far back and forth on that dude. Like, from when it was like, oh, he shouts rape nonstop and does, like, parody songs about rape on his channel and, like, does, like, he's a shock jock of YouTube culture to, like, okay, there was this brief window. There was this, like, four-month window, like, two years ago where he'd apologized for his past behavior on his channel where, you know, his, his he had kind of started to, to position himself um, separate from a lot of kind of YouTube culture and, like, was responsive to it in a way that seemed um, there was almost an elder statesman quality to him. He's like, sure. I've been through the fucking ringer. I know how this stuff goes. I'm going to try to step above it and like be a leader in this space. I mean, specifically, like he was uh, constantly criticized for uh, rape jokes um, that would come right. up in a lot of his videos. And like PewDiePie, like essentially grew up on YouTube in a lot of ways, like rode that wave. And so you could. Uh, so like, it I seems. Think I, 
Well, but at the time, there was the hope that was like, mm-hmm. oh, here's this arc of maturity that we're... It was an interesting social experiment. It was like this... We're watching... It's sort of like a child actor sort of thing, but in a different uh, context. It was like, oh, like this is what happens when someone accrues power, realizes that they've got to start using it a little more responsibly. Like, that was the hope of a lot of this. was like, right. oh, PewDiePie can act as... Um, you know, uh, uh, to to counter to the normalization of certain words and certain shock humor to show that you can be successful and be above it because folks like himself in a position of influence contribute to the normalization of those words, those phrases, and that culture if they engage with it themselves and don't denounce it. Right. And then it turns out uh, this year has not been a good one for, for PewDiePie in terms of this stuff. I'm sure it's been a good one in terms of, I, I don't know, he lost his Disney deal, right? So yeah. I'm sure his income has, has, has shifted to some degree. Um, but back in February, uh, he made a video in which he went on Fiverr and paid two people to hold up a sign that said death to the Jews or death to all Jews. Yep. There's an important distinction there, but one or the other. Uh, that was, was pretty bad. That was, so, it was yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, it was covered by the Wall Street Journal in response to that. Disney and YouTube distanced themselves. He kind of lost his YouTube red, uh, which was a, a kind of subscription-based model on YouTube. He, I think uh, Disney separate, like stopped his show that they'd been doing with him. Um, yeah, the first episode was like set to launch like a week <laughs> or two right. later, oh, yeah. and right. they just canned the whole season. And as far as I know, it's... I think he threatened to release it, and that. Uh, and I guess happened. disclosure here too: we have a show on on real Can television with yeah. Disney um, Disney XD, so that is an important disclosure to this weird story now too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we're just in this place where he's still a person who has fifty seven million viewers, fifty seven million subscribers, on top of the people who will just click through and find his links because because he gets so watched, they'll lift up to the top of YouTube search for SEO reasons, right? Like. Um, it is really interesting to have to hit this because if this was Conan O'Brien, if this was uh, you know Stephen Colbert, if this was uh, if Jimmy Fallon had been like um, uh, you know d- done a skit in which he said nigger, we would all be like, "Yo, Jimmy, mm-hmm. no!" And there would be a-, a big backlash against it. I would suspect sponsors would pull out, blah 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 blah. But because it's in this this zone of new media of of streamer, instead the the conversation has been so much about free speech and has been about like all of this this supposed gray area around what he's done, um, and it's 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 a really tough thing for me because I do my best to go through life compassionately and open heartedly and believe that when people say something shitty. Not even him in this case, but his defenders, his many defenders, that they're speaking from a place of either ignorance or um, of good faith. That when they make a defense, they, there is some deep down ideology that's wrong, but is is in, that is um, doesn't come from a bad place, basically. Or it might come from a bad ideology, but it but it informs their decision. Their decision doesn't isn't made in bad gotcha. faith. Their yeah. defense isn't just like. I don't give a fuck what other people think. I just happen to believe this other set of beliefs that allows what he did, his bad thing, to be an acceptable act. But there's, the responses to this have been so, like, empty and so meaningless and so just, like, it's just shielding somebody instead of engaging with what <clears throat> happened in any real way. Rob, was that a, um, you, you have, like, thoughts about bad people? On <laughs> no, that was, no, that was me having allergies okay. and, like, needing Is, to clear my throat. Al- are you allergic to shitty defenses of PewDiePie? Like he oh, was God. angry. So like I've been in hives uh, all morning. <laughs> no, it, it's I guess Pewdie hives. Yeah. Pew, thank you, Pewdie hives. Good. Great. <laughs> you know, I, I, could have made a destiny joke too. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I guess part of it is that it's getting really depressing and familiar to me how yeah. often that the tip of the iceberg, there's always just, it, it always is the tip of the iceberg. It's never just the one thing that the person says that's, you know, taken out of context or they didn't really mean or they're clearly just kidding. It's like you, like, inevitably that rock will eventually turn over and you'll discover that they check a bunch of the ism boxes. Like, <laughs> that's that's the thing, is like, this coming out is like, well, he's on his third his third chance now. Right, this is not a milkshake duck, right? Yeah, <laughs> the defenses haven't evolved. Um, right. In fact, they've only been pushed further and further into into nonsense, right? Like uh, when this stuff first happened, when it was or when when people were on his case for for making shitty rape jokes, uh, it was like, oh well, he's very young. And like, you know what? He's young. He did get tossed into this. He's coming from like a group of friends who who maybe didn't know any better. He apologizes. Okay. <sighs> Then it's like the Fiverr thing with with the anti-Semitic uh, uh, video that that he produced. That was like, okay, like well now the defense is this is satire. Satire, yeah. This is comedy. This is okay. And now the defense is, oh, he only said nigger because he was angry. And like, yo, that is not a defense. That yeah. is not that or, is a, or that's the association. The, the one then, that I've gotten is a lot of, oh, it's just a word, which is like, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I've, but no. The one that I've gotten is. I say it all the time. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. Like, you're just, okay, you played yourself. Like, you came out here, and if your defense is, I do it too, then all you're doing is saying, you need, you're telling me you need to be more critical about your own life and your own practices. And that's hard. It is hard if you are 17 and you've, like, never had to actually confront what racism is and what it feels like and what it materially does in terms of having access to wealth, having access to uh, opportunity. Like, it is not just a word. It is just a word when when all you see is people getting upset about the word. And maybe that's a failure in coverage um, because because it seems to be the case that, you know, uh, the things that blow up into these social spheres are a popular person says nigger and not necessarily here is the history of redlining in America that's prevented black families from gathering wealth the way white families have, even when they've had decent income jobs. They're not able to have mortgages in the same way. They're not able to secure bank loans in the same way. The GI Bill didn't apply in a, a, a you know in an equal way. Like those things are are the material uh, side of racism that are supported by this this superstructure of words and and uh, uh, degradation and a history in, of which it sets up nigger and black people in general and marginalized people broadly as being less than white cishet dudes. Like and that shit. It, it feels like the tip of it feels like it's nothing, but it is a tip of a, of a much larger iceberg. And it, maybe that's even an incorrect analogy because it isn't just the tip; it's also the cold water around the iceberg that lets it stay frozen. But I, I think these words are always reflective of a worldview. Like where I part ways with you is that you seem to be taking the angle that the people who say these things don't understand; they don't fully grasp the context; they don't understand the significance of the language they're playing around with. Uh, and I think that's true, but they also don't care. It's reflective of a worldview that is you are in the in-groups, in which case you matter. Right. Or we need to find, and this is the other thing, our identity is founded and it is critical that we find uh, people that are in the out-group that are for no good reason less than us. And that is what we share in common, is that we can say this about these groups we've never met. <laughs> 
We don't know the history because who gives a shit? The point is that we're not in those groups. It isn't that funny. It isn't that great. And that's what kind of bugs me about this is this idea that someone that someone like this is being naive about their about their racism, their bigotry. They're being ignorant, but they're not being naive. They're being very purposeful. This is where I'm at the limits of my traditional feeling of like, oh, I'm going to take people at their word, mm-hmm. which means that they can be wrong, and I can call them out on being wrong, but I'm going to believe that they're making an argument from from an honest position, even when it's a, like a foolish argument. Uh, yeah, I'm at the limits of, of believing that. Like, uh, the notion that, like, oh, he's European and doesn't know as well, like, I know lots of Europeans who, are, who not only say, like, oh, yeah, no, this is totally a thing here, we understand this, we're taught this, it's, it's you know, he has access to education in the same way that I did, and I was taught not to do that, um... He also just lives online. He just lives in the <laughs> world. He lives in the world of that has been the world of the last few years. He's been uh, he's lived in the world that has had an Obama presidency, that, which has been an international uh, event because he was the first black president of America. Like in the same way that that you know there are there are international stories that can help bring that that story across. Like he's you know he, we he should probably know who Nelson Mandela is. Like racism has not only been a, a North American thing. Um, the so so I'm with you here, Rob. Which is that like I'm at the limits of where I can't know their hearts, but but there is enough uh, uh, inconsistency in the defense, enough reaching, enough grasping for something that I still can't say you 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 know again what is in your heart of hearts. But I can say that the the practice of this ongoing defense, the practice of using nigger as uh, a, a slur that is meant to deride someone. Uh, comes from a place. It has to come from a place of knowledge. If you are, if you are this dude who is in his mid to late twenties at this point, who has access to education, who has been chided for his bullshit before, like it, it. And if it isn't coming from hate, it's coming from negligence. And I've used the metaphor before, but like, if you're if you are falling asleep at the wheel and keep driving, I don't give a f- like. Yes, there is a big difference between the person who falls asleep at the wheel and the person who. who actively tries to crash their car into somebody. There's a, an important difference. Both of those result in people being hurt. And and there, it is important for us to call out both the negligent and also the the willfully malevolent, the, the willfully, the premeditated. Um, and well, that, there's and a point at which... Is, right. Oh, go ahead. Go, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, because I actually heard... I don't know if this will end up in the final version of the piece that I'm working on, but I heard from, uh, after uh, our tweets we put out last night, I heard from this kid who's probably roughly same age as PewDiePie, like mid-20s sort of thing. And uh, he lives in Denmark, not too far from Sweden, like all all things told. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of just straight up admitted that he has used the word like on a regular basis in the very same construct of right. like playing video games in uh, both like friendly group and like non-friendly group settings. Um, and his, he like explicitly started it out with like, I think what PewDiePie did is wrong. I think what yeah, I do is wrong. Yeah. This isn't a defense of my actions. I'm just explaining the context of my actions. Um, and walked through a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. It's like, oh, well, in Denmark, like we don't actually culturally have a historical understanding of slavery and the repercussions of like black oppression over decades. Like intellectually, yes, like a lot of people know that it's impossible not to know that, but you're not reminded of it on a day-to-day sure. basis in the same way you are in the U.S. And I pushed back and said, well, that's not really an excuse. That's just a justification for right. like allowing your bad behavior. And he's like, that's correct. And I was like, okay, well, I would hope your ex- you take away from this exchange, <laughs> right. which he, he agreed to allow me to share and quote. Again, I don't know if I end up in my piece, but like his he – 
he wanted to do his thought was like PewDiePie won't say what I'm just going to say, which is that like there is no cultural uh, 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 pressure to not use this word. If you use this word, it is in I, the same category. It's such as a, a, the thing is that we've also heard this is the, the thing that's difficult is I've also heard from other people in Scandinavian countries who say, no, we are absolutely taught not to do that. And like, I don't have direct access. <laughs> and there's a tremendous right. alt-right or far-right presence absolutely. there. And there's massive anti-immigrant sentiment, absolutely. which really, yes. it, it speaks on the same <laughs> level to the same right. things. Right. So like, it's kind of... If, eh. if you look at a lot of the rhetoric around the anti-immigration stance throughout Europe right now... It's a now, lot of just racist Cri- uh, rhetoric, honestly, rhetoric, yeah. uh, some of which has borrowed from from American racist Literally, rhetoric, yeah. right? Like it is a known thing that in Germany, because you can't use Nazi iconography, there are groups, there are neo-Nazi groups in Germany that just use KKK iconography yeah. instead yeah. because it gestures towards the same underlying white supremacist ideology. Yeah. Um, briefly, just on the negligent point, I, I just want to put a, a pin on that, which is that there is a point at which ongoing negligence does become. Uh, comes malfeasance, malfeasance yeah. or or there should be a res- there is a responsibility and this isn't a legal thing this is a personal moral judgment thing yeah. at this point yeah. I'm not saying like throw him to jail for right. saying nigger <laughs> like no what I'm saying is like there's a point at which you have to you need to to make a, make it a priority to address the ongoing uh, negligence that you've had. There, you have to make it a point to address whatever it is. Maybe it's a lack of, of enculturation that, that helps put that pressure on you. Find ways to put that pressure on you, right? Like, go out and meet people in communities that you would otherwise think of as less than you. Like, make the effort to understand a different perspective if that's what you need to do to not use slurs, right? Like, uh, it's it's a deeply frustrating um, and... and uh, it's a deeply frustrating thing because it is also just all around us. It is also the dozens and dozens or hundreds of people who've messaged us at this point to say like, oh, but I say that when I'm angry in a game, but I don't mean anything <laughs> by it. I love black people. Like, mm, we're going to have to talk okay. about your definition of love, actually. Yeah. So. God. This idea that, well, that's just how things are online. That's just the, the culture we've got there. The thing I don't think people are cognizant enough of or they don't own enough is that, yeah, maybe some people are just talking shit to, like, fit in online. But the people who've, like, popularized a lot of those those words in online spaces do have an agenda. Like, mm. re- like public right. performances of racism are about seeking complicity. It is mm-hmm. about silencing other groups. Like, it's not... The internet just didn't happen to, like, break down that way. It's right. that it was, it was a cultivated space... To desensitize people to those words, but then also introduce like sort of an implicit racism in a lot of online discourse. And so this idea that like, oh, that's just how you know we we talk online. Yeah, that was that was that's a carefully crafted environment yeah. in some ways by repeated uh, shibboleths put out there by various like forms of racist, right? Yeah. And so that's that's the other thing that bothers me is I think well, a lot of people those spaces right like that's the thing it yeah. does is it it mean it makes those spaces you know uh, impenetrable for marginalized groups it it is a signal that says you are not welcome here as you are if you want to be welcome here then like you need to play along uh, and those things happen from top to bottom in culture, right? Like this is this is like me in high school high school being told that I'm one of the good ones by the pitcher on the high school baseball mm-hmm. team, right? And like, okay, 
if I get upset about this, I have to leave this party, right? Like where, where I have other friends because I know this is, he's like higher on the weird hierarchical totem pole here. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Uh, it is it is the same thing that happens whenever uh, you know black folks go on TV and like have to like fucking code switch and and be in a very specific like I'm in talking head mode uh, you know mode and 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 move through that space in a way that is like I need to appeal to this audience and it's the only way like the the system of insides and outsides is constructed not only through material things like access to wealth and, and, and opportunity, but also through this rhetorical like system of gating, Rob, that, that you're talking about. Like, I, frankly, like this is one of the reasons why I love that Jesus and Marrow is a late night TV show at this point. Cause, like mm-hmm. those are two unapologetically people of color. Like those dudes are are like representing the real culture that they grew up in in the Bronx and like are. Like they're able to present that side of themselves uh, on TV, which helps desegregate television as a space. Um, and uh, thankfully, I think there are lots of people who are doing that inside of gaming culture. I think with the Spawn on Me crew, like who just like is so good and so real. Um, if you need more like black folks in your life, go listen to Spawn on Me, please. Uh, and let me tell you another thing. You need more black folks in your life the same way that you need more women in your life. Uh, uh, Kotaku just launched uh, uh, Fave, Fave This, this. Patricia Hernandez and Gita Jackson. Two women of color. Two, two women queer of color, women of two color. Two queer women of color yeah. doing a, a podcast. Shout out to them. Uh, disclosure. Disclosure again. One of them is my life partner, right, and the all. other is my NBD. good friend. So. Shout out to Polygon, who has their the Polygon show, which is which is uh, f- hosted by four women. Like it is, it is so important to break out of the like three white dudes box when it comes to podcasts, when it comes to YouTube culture. Like it is obviously a thing here that I, I'm doing my best to do when we build the team here is is to bring in perspectives that uh, are not the default perspective and, and shake that up a little bit. Um, but as a consumer, you also need to take that step and like go listen to voices that are not the ones that you hear everywhere else. Uh, it, it will help you a lot in situations like these because suddenly you will have heard those stories. You will, will everyone has, <laughs> everyone in the margins has a, you were, you're one of the good ones story of some sort, has a like, they threw eggs at me story, has a, they came after me with baseball bats because I was walking with a white girl story. Like everyone has those stories. Um, you just moved I was your, gonna say, uh, yeah. I, I had the first two, uh-huh. did not have the last one. Last one was I have, not great, I, let know, me tell you. Uh, that doesn't sound good at all. It's not it good. Is, we weren't even dating, is the thing. It was very weird. God. Anyway, uh, it has been, I think this has been a really difficult thing. I, I'm curious what you guys think of the DMCA takedown stuff from, from Campo with uh, Firewatch and, and those videos. I think it's the one weapon you have as a game developer, right? Actually sort of contain, you know, like sort mm-hmm. of roping off that avenue for a particular, you know, uh, right. YouTuber is like, that's kind of the one thing you can do at this point, right? When it comes to what 
you're uh, presented I think as? There are like a couple of other things you could. Okay. They could sure. have monetized the video. They could have like monetized the video themselves. They could have sure. done things that are not DMCA takedowns. They could have just like I don't. I'm I'm not. Um, I think I would have done DMCA a takedown thing. is is the nuclear button. Yes. In a gotcha. way that, yes. Um, it's the most powerful I, message they could send. And and uh, I don't necessarily like you know in my heart you sort of like disagree with yep. why they chose to do what they did in my head. I think it sends a complicated signal to a lot of people that is not that you can't walk it back. Um, I actually expect them to maybe walk it back in some some fashion, um, if if only rhetorically at some point. I don't necessarily expect them to to uh, to revoke the DMCA um, strike, but um, like on their website, it says anything can be monetized based on yep. Firewatch. Like, they're one of the developers that explicitly tries to get in front of the legal gray area. Like, people should know there is no yes. legal precedent for <laughs> streaming. Right, There's no legal precedent <laughs> for, like, fair use is something the video game we, industry looks away from, yes. but has not explicitly been defended as legal precedent. There is, we, at so some point, launched, it will happen. <laughs> when we launched Waypoint with the 72-hour live stream, like, we had a lot of meetings, like, pull back the curtain all the way. We had a lot of meetings with legal who was, like, I understand that this is like what happens in this industry, but it's not legal. Like <laughs> streaming video games and you speaking over it, you don't own that audiovisual content. It's not legal. Go get like we straight up had lawyers say you have to go get things signed saying you can stream games until we feel comfortable enough that this is industry uh, kind of the industry standard at least and and is low risk. Like and there uh, were there were uh, let's uh, certain unnamed Japanese companies that when we. Uh, <laughs> Uh, approached them for, hey, could we get our lawyers to talk to your lawyers? And they said, if you really want our Japanese lawyers to talk to your yes. lawyers, they, like, what you're going to find, basically, yeah, they're like, we, what you're going to find out is that this is this doesn't fly legally, and that like internally, we just find ways to turn a blind eye so that people can yes. do so. like the rationalization is that it benefits all involved, which I agree with that. I think holistically, like it's a net positive for everyone across uh, the board, but that is not legally defensible legally publishers especially in youtube when, where you are a publishing on a platform that is deferential to copyright holders in all yep. manners of when this has come up uh from the legal uh work that i've I mean, done looking into this like uh campo santo is legally of the right to uh offer a license uh carte blanche to anyone but is allowed to revoke those licenses on an individual basis and so yep. they can say to pewdiepie we have revoked your individual license while still allowing carte blanche for anyone to quote unquote monetize videos but they are well within their right um from the like the current readings of things to to take the actions they did the only question is whether does that send sort of a chilling sort of yep um uh effect on mm. on people that do that for a living but the thing is like Again, I th sometimes I feel like these conversations about broader principles kind of obscure the issue at hand a little bit. Like, yeah, there are slippery slopes. There, there are things to watch out for here. But I also think, like, you know what? In the, in the case of, like, the guy's throwing the N-word around on his yeah, streams, right. and then 100%. there's your brand, and right. his game, and, you know, his face all over it, I think you're within your right to be like, you know what? Just go to hell. Well, like, yeah, don't do that shit. It, uh, the <laughs> thing that's interesting for me is, one, this isn't the first time that the DMCA thing has happened this year. It's just the first time that it's happened for... Uh, reasons of what is inside the content, right? Like Persona or Atlas uh, Japan made the, the statement um, back in also the beginning of the year around January, February that said, you're not allowed to stream past X point. Right. Uh, today, right? I just got an email yep. for a Japanese video game from a non-Atlas company that said, uh, <laughs> you cannot stream past uh, the first chapter. And it explicitly, like Atlas said, you may be subject to 
DMCA uh, YouTube strikes and takedowns. This thing said explicitly, if you yeah. stream or put up videos past the first chapter, you will be issued a takedown uh-huh. notice um, on YouTube and Twitch. Which, again, um, is on the back of the thing that you said before, which is that platforms like YouTube and Twitch are, will defer immediately to, to publishers. Platform, yeah. To, you know, I, you know I'm, not, I'm actually not sure how that changes depending on the size of the publisher or whatever, but, like, I, I do know that, like... The ones the, that have money and could yes. cost YouTube money, yep. they're going yep. to defer. They are going to defer. I, I would absolutely. sure rather have the case where a developer is like, no, you said the N-word, fuck off. Then, oh, you know, we've got a lot of money, so don't yeah, make us mad. It's, it, <laughs> Even right, though or, I, or, I understand I mean, that to it's... Me, to me, it actually gestures towards other things, which are like yeah. the strength of, of uh, IP law in America in terms of it being an avenue for corporate action or for creator action, um, you know, does show that there are not many other avenues for legal action around this. Uh there are no like major hate speech laws on the books in America. I think people, a lot right. of people say a lot is like, oh, well, if it's hate speech, hate speech is the only type of speech not protected under the First Amendment. Like, no. It super is, is. It's 100% it protected is, under the yeah. First Amendment. We don't have hate speech law, uh, federal hate speech laws on the books. Um, so there isn't another avenue by which, you know, uh, Campo Santo could take a, a civil case against, uh, against PewDiePie or something and say, we want the money that you got from that to be diverted to a charity. Like, that. that is not a, I mean, I guess they could they could do that civil case under some other thing but like that they're not under any sort of hate speech law. yeah absolutely not um like the, go ahead rob just the other thing i want to mention because we got an email about about this not long ago regarding valve the other thing to remember here all the, a lot of these platform holders have clearly abdicated the responsibility for policing any kind of hate speech or bigotry uh on their on their platforms they've you know they're, they're sort of content agnostic in a really self-serving way uh, and so it's, you know, the only way these things get sort of addressed is if the IP rights holder who has the actual leverage and these are the only thing that a lot of platform holders care about right. uh, starts to exert that influence because at no point will the platform itself uh, try to address the, you know, problems festering, whether it's the Steam, you know, the Steam forums, uh, whether it's, you know, YouTube's booming uh, hate speech uh, economy, <laughs> God, um, yeah. you know, or Twitch's harassment problem. Like, they're right. all going to duck that. Yep. Uh, it is. It has been a, a wild couple of days around this, around race, around games. Uh, someone in the chat said, boy, those South Park boys really ducked one. Oh, uh, on this God. Point I, how is this whole podcast Seriously. not about that? I know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I'll just speak to that like super, 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 super briefly, which is like the thing that, that uh, for people who don't know, the new South Park game uh, that's coming out. Fractured butthole. The fractured comma butthole. Uh, hmm. uh, it Still includes, got it. Inclu- uh, includes a difficulty <laughs> slider that is also your race slider. It doesn't change combat difficulty, but it changes how NPCs will talk to you. It changes uh, the, the dialogue. Uh, presumably it will change some quest lines or something like that. Um, and, and here is my entire take. Uh, one, I don't trust the South Park team to handle this well after years of their show mishandling race. Two, uh, consider being a black person who lives through this shit every day and like, comes home and is like, man, I really love lukewarm centrist takes. I'm going to boot up the <laughs> South Park game real quick. I'm like, so I just need a break. I just need a break. I just... We all know these people. We, right, we do. But like, <laughs> uh, listen, real talk, I know black people who love South Park. So like, that person exists. And I sit down like, oh, I'm going to make like a little South Park me. Oh, fuck. 
This game is not for like this. I like shit. I'm gonna yep. feel like shit again in this game. Who knows what their execution is? I think it's they're setting a very high bar to to clear that I don't have much faith in them clearing. Um, and I think that like while I do want games to tackle race uh, directly heads on, I just don't have the confidence that they'll that they'll pull it off. And also like it would be cool to also play in a world in which you know being black is not always the fucking a worst dire thing. I I yeah. personally think. Uh, the tiniest bit of progress, it's a tiniest bit of a good sign that 10 years ago we would absolutely, right. not necessarily you and me, but like yeah, the no. games press in general would be, or the blogosphere in general the, would the be like, wow, look at how woke this is, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and now, and now, like, it feels like, no, people are looking into things a tiny bit right. deeper. So that, that gave me, like, the tiniest feeling of heartening like that okay we've we've at least made the tiniest baby step away from this the woke gamer is definitely the woke gamer for, i'm saying the the fractured butthole right yeah well, that's all woke the gamers. woke gamer is already writing his top woke gamer 10. actually suggested that oh woke via gamer's twitter, on the dev team via twitter to ubisoft <laughs> uh, uh also added a link to his patreon yes said hey if you like this idea Hire me to consult. Me, the woke gamer. Me. I think it's going to do it for us today. We are out of time. Someone else needs to use this room. We've pushed it a little far as it is. I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin Walker. Nope. At Austin underscore Walker. Underscore. Nope. Under underscore. There it is. That's the right emphasis. Walker. Danielle Riendo, where can people find you? You can find me at Danielle RI on Twitter. And also, huge shout out to the mods who are working their, working butts, their off butts off in, in this the chat, chat right now. So thank you, mods. Mwah, shout outs. <laughs> Patrick Klepek, what about you? Uh, you can find me at Patrick Klubick. A brief aside, because we're out of time, but uh, I'm well aware, as a result of this incident, um, there was something uh, not quite this extreme, but something that happened at Giant Bomb, uh, in which a, yep. a word was uttered, and we dealt with our own experience. I will separately address that, if not in the article I'm writing, then on Twitter. But uh, I think they're pretty different scenarios for some pretty specific reasons, but I, I wanted to at least acknowledge that, like, I'm aware, like, that, that you, you can't <laughs> you can talk stop, about this You can stop thinking, tweeting yeah. it at you. I'm like, I'm like eight, 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 we have, like, 20 DMs that are like, but what about that thing? I'm like, I, I know. Uh, so, I'll get to it. It'll, it'll uh, be addressed. And it's at Patrick Klepek on Twitter. Rob Zachney, where are you at? You're not going to find me on the internet this week. You'll, <laughs> you'll find me hiding in the woods of New England, enjoying those crisp autumn leaves. Y'all want to play some death Destiny this week? You I sure do. I sure do. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, at Facebook at Waypoint Vice, YouTube.com slash Waypoint Vice, and right here at Twitch TV slash Waypoint. Shout out to Rob Schulte for editing this one for us, and shout out to Bowen for letting us use his track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. You can find out more about that at Waypoint.Zone slash B-O-E-N. What do we say to him, Danielle? Be good and be good at it. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.